all characters, events, and companies in this show, even those based on real entities, are entirely fictional and do not represent reality at all. And there's no implied messaging. Yeah, that wouldn't even make sense. Like using characters as a way to represent ideas? <laughs> okay, tell that to Steinbeck. There's no truth to anything portrayed in this show, and to believe otherwise, well that probably means that you're mentally ill. And we all know how the mentally ill are treated in America. Don't acknowledge that, do we? Previously on Hooters Juniors. Denver International Airport Customs. On the ground. On the ground now. Why am I being detained? I don't have time for this. I have a funeral to get to on Saturday. Mental illness is criminalized in this country. I don't have brain worms. You're the one with brain worms. You're perfect, House. I had heard the stories of secret tunnels in a government facility under the Denver International Airport. This was where the chimeras were being bred, studied, and probably withheld of their basic freedoms to work for a boss. And we were met face to face with a pack of wild Australians operating a giant mechanical shovel. Come here, you little hippo centipede dove. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, who are you? Well, my name's Randy. I was driving my horse carriage on this here road and came across your ash-covered, almost dead and rotten body. Well, ain't the first time you've been suspected of being dead. This town ain't what it seems. Y you heard about him new wife? Her name's McAdderall Methylonitrate. You work over at the Horsewell Vodka plant? Got hired right when they opened back up after that accident you're never gonna look into again. I, I spent 20 years chugging down hockey pie. Had fun at the funeral. Ma'am, make sure you get as close to that microphone as you can while you're crying, okay? Why'd that woman have to take it from me? And I'll never forget how to lock a child behind a steel door ever again. A purple mattress. I, I was Durgan's lawyer, Lawyer McLawface. Uh, you were the only person he left anything to in his will. What did he leave me? He left you everything. Oh my god. I'm fucking rich? You're listening to Hooters Juniors, the Durgan McFlurg Stang story from Sad Picture Productions. Hi, I'm your host, host, episode four, Realities of Grandeur. Oh, hey, host. Amazing party. What a spectacular property this is. Oh, uh, thanks, Jeffy. I know you're new to the 1% of the 1%ers club, but let me tell you, you're a natural. I mean, I expected the Corinthian architecture, the Banksy paintings, and of course the complete set of bumfight videos. But it generally takes most of us a couple of years before we figure out the adrenochrome harvesting process. Oh, yeah. But I'm certain the harvesting practices here on your ranch will become the new standard for all of us. I mean, I've never seen so many wonderful panda faces in my entire life. Which, to be clear, is not a racist trope. It's a reference to giving children black eyes and instilling fear in them because that's the best way of harvesting their adrenochrome. Oh, look! It's Bill! Host! What an astounding collection of bioweapons you have! How in the world did you get your hands on Corvin 25? The World Health Organization won't even let me add that to my collection yet. I guess I've just made some good impressions over there, you know? I mean, Fauci and I really started bonding over the cancer promises from 6G. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. 
I think he's still a little mad at me for the whole Ebola thing getting squashed before it could really do some population control. Oh, I hear that, Bill. Fauci's still mad at me for not fighting harder against the Corvid precautions at my factories. I mean, give me a break. I was in the Maldives. Hey, 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 listen. I know you guys have your problems with Fauci, but he's a good guy. He's just trying to do right by all of us. I mean, Bill, he gave you complete authority over the vaccine chips. And Jeffy, he made sure the economy would keep moving no matter how bad things got for your wage slaves. That's gotta be worth something, right? Yeah, I guess. He's no Shiro Ishii, but he is a good asset. Oh, hello guys. Uh, what are you talking about? Oh, um, nothing, George. Yeah, we were just talking about our, uh, bird-watching group. Yeah, that's right, our bird-watching group. We're taking over Africa next month. We're, we're taking a flight over to Africa next month. Oh, that sounds fun. Well, anyway... I got to get back inside and keep raising funds for the things I believe in. Yeah, sure thing, George. Great seeing ya. Host, why on earth did you invite Soros? Yeah, that guy's such a fucking slag. I'm sorry, guys. I, I just felt bad for him. I know we all have our cabal where we hang out, watch bum fights, and film snuff videos for each other, but he's such a nice guy. And more importantly, rich. I, I really wish he could just be part of the action with us. Yeah, but host, we told you. Last time we tried to get him in on the action, he went and snitched to Congress before he realized they were in on it. He might be rich, but being rich means you have power. And having power means you have the ability to exploit people who don't have their basic necessities met. And unless you use that power, being rich is meaningless. It had been a full month since I signed the paperwork and received everything Durgan McClurgsing had owned, everything he had left me in his last will and testament. I had invited the 1% of the 1% here to my new ranch as a celebration of me becoming one of the elites. I had never had such a sense of community in my life before, and with that, I felt the need to alter myself to fit in. I never realized how much I had relied on Durgan's help to understand the world around me, but he was gone now. I had to find my own way through this world. Let's get back to the party. I heard you have an exciting presentation for us, host. Oh, uh, yeah, I almost forgot. Everybody, everyone, I I'd like to thank you all for being here tonight. You know, as the host of a number one pod, I mean, uh, of a great party, I, I felt the need to make this the best party ever. And so I have a surprise presentation for you all in the theater room. No way! Host is the best! Yeah! What do you think it is? Is it a new inner city policing strategy? No, Mr. Bloomberg. The assassination of more climate activists? Oh no, uh, we're still working on that, Mr. Chevron. Oh, uh, is it a new weapon in the culture war that distracts from the plutocracy's crimes? Anderson Cooper, come on. That's your job, not mine. A Dogecoin emerald mine in space? <sighs> no, Mr. Toxic Musculinity. Oh, oh, uh, I know what it is. Oh, dang it, Mr. Armalite. Of course you'd know what it is. Go on, spoil the surprise. The live streaming of a new school shooting! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, everyone, to the theater.
False flag! 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 False Well, I sat there watching innocent children being mowed down, knowing that no sort of regulation or change in laws would come from the shooting that I had purposefully orchestrated. I thought about how different my life was now. I used to live among the poors. I used to be the host of a number one podcast. <laughs> Great party host. Thanks, host. Good night, host. Wonderful party, host. Uh, we'll see you at Bilderberg. I sat down on my $400,000 dolphin skin love seat, staring down into my cup containing two and a half century aged whiskey thinking, how did I get here? I had never realized how lonely being rich would be, or any of the other totally real real life problems that come along with being rich. Now that all my rich friends had left, I had no one to talk to, aside from the wage slave servants that occupied my house, but I couldn't converse with them. They might get the impression that we're equals. And the same went for all my old non-rich friends. They were all in the past now, like distant memories. As I drifted off, I dreamt of my past life, hosting, podcasts, number, number one. one. I awoke as the sunlight hit my face. Wagey! Uh, uh, yes, yes, host? I need my clear. As I started my day, the prior thoughts of the night before hadn't departed my mind. I still felt off as if I could be doing more with my life than making gabillions of dollars an hour. On your knees, I need you to pull up my bootstraps. Was I really going to leave everything behind? My podcast? Solving Durgan's murder? Being a number one host named Host? Just to pursue a life of leisure? Harvesting child blood? Serving the psychic vampires behind all of the greatest conspiracy theories that were totally true? And high count thread sheets? I was at a crossroad. Another turning point. One might even say, a fork that was stuck in the road. What did all of this mean anyway? Wagey, more clear. While I felt like I might be on the verge of having a manic episode or complete break from reality, I would never admit to that. And I didn't have time for that. Not only did I now own most of the land in Viscous, and let's face it, the lives of those who resided here, but I now owned almost all of the businesses that employed this town. I was the economy. And given that, I had a responsibility to these people. <laughs> Just kidding. I had a responsibility to Durgan, but more importantly, myself, to continue on with his legacy, which was now my legacy. And so I got in my brand new Humvee and started the day. Hey, host. Hey, hostess. How we doing today? Pretty good. A little slower than yesterday, but still gonna hit that six-figure profit before noon. Good, good. Uh, listen, let's double that or you're fired. <laughs> yeah, of course, host. Uh, by the way, I think the kitchen might be running low on a few things. Might want to check in with them, uh, if you could. Hey, host! Yeah? Hey, uh, we're about to run out of pig shards, horse oil, and dog meat. I, I would go get some myself, but I'm forever trapped back here. Uh, do you mind grabbing some for us child workers when you get a chance? Y yeah I guess I could do that. Thanks, host. A and, and could you ask my parents when they'll- Alright, I, I gotta go take care of some stuff over at St. Profiteers. 
Give me a call if you need anything. Shipping house. I love you. What seems to be the problem, podcast doctor, Dr. McMalpractice? Oh, hi, host. Uh, the price of insulin just went up $30, and I was wondering how you wanted us to adjust our prices. Uh, let's go ahead and triple... Uh, actually, just add a flat fee of $35,000 per dose onto what we were already charging. Call it an overhead fee, and tell the board we'll need to reduce the amount of chemo treatments and completely dismantle our research department. Sounds good, host. Science truly do be just a demon speaking through man. Got that right. Also, uh, we got a problem with the bottom feeder family. Oh, do we now? Yeah, so Mr. Bottom Feeder, he need a new lung, but uh, he's saying he just don't have the money for it. Alright, alright. Let me just deal with another charity case. Hey, Mr. Bottom Feeder, uh, how you feeling today? <laughs> Not too well. I guess spending 20 years at the asphalt plant finally gonna do me in. <laughs> Aw, look at you. M mind if I smoke in here? I'm I'm gonna smoke in here. McMalpractice? L let me have a look at his chart. Oh, uh, sure. H here you go. No, Doc. I, I meant the financial chart. Oh, here you go. Okay, Mr. Bottom Feeder. Uh, says here you got a house that I own. On the land that I own, I own your children, your wife, your dogs, you, uh... Oh, looky here. Your wage enslavement contract says that you and your family are up for freedom at the end of February. Okay, here's what I'm thinking, Mr. Bottom Feeder. I empathize with you. I, I really do. But I'm running a business here, not some handout store. That kind of operation, a, a lung transplant, is going for $400,000 since I took over. St. Profiteers can't just heal you for free. <laughs> We've got overhead and stuff. I mean, that'd be $398,000 of lost profit. See what I'm getting at? So, here's what we're gonna do for you. I'm gonna foreclose on your home, uh, your wife is now my wife, your dogs are going straight to the kitchen, and your kids are gonna be locked behind steel doors for the next decade, working themselves into the same situation you find yourself in today. But, but listen, I I'm gonna give you a new lung. Everything is going to be fine. And you're gonna work for the rest of your life at the asphalt plant, until you fall into a tar pit and are forever forgotten. H how does that sound? Uh, hold on, I I'm getting a call. Hello? Uh, this is Host? Host of the number one businesses. Hey, Host. It's Mr. Shopkeepy. Uh, we, we got a problem down here at the wallet store. Uh, gonna need you to come down when you got sick. Oh, Shoppy. I'll be there soon. Doc, can you take over from here? I I've gotta run. Shoppy, you've got one job. Take wallets and sell them back to those they've been tooketh from. Is that so hard to do? I I'm sorry, host. I I'm trying. I, I really am. But I ain't been able to get away with a single theft since you took over. The town's just not as receptive to this business model since Dirk done been gone. What do you mean? I, I mean, the townsfolks say you ain't a real criminal. Y you know, not Australian and all. A and by extension, they won't let me steal no wallets under your authority. Look. Just because I'm not Durgan doesn't mean I can't do whatever I feel like doing no matter how many lives get uprooted or thrown into a gutter. I mean, 
I'm rich. I know, host. I, I recognize your authority as a plutocratic figure, but the townsfolks, well, you know, some of them not very educated and, and truly just don't understand how exploitation is meant to work. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that one before. Uh, oh, uh, also, uh, you, you know Jensen? Jensen? Yeah, uh, one of Dirk's old best buddies. Uh, sure. What about him? Yeah, so, uh, uh... Jensen did doesn't come down here and stole every single wallet we had up for sale. He what? That was when I looked around to see that there wasn't a single wallet left in the wallet store. Yeah, about 20 minutes ago. You're telling me that Jensen just walked in here and... Uh-huh. Breathe, just breathe, uh, just... <laughs> Finish the podcast. Host, host. You all right? Thank Papa Jesus, make hospital. How can I help? Host, host, it's me, Doctor McMalpractice. Host, what are you doing? Put, put down the gun. What's wrong? Where's Jensen? I don't know. I, I... Where can I find? Jensen. He hangs out down by the river. Host, what's going on? Who, who, who are you? Finish him. I'm just the host. The host of a number one podcast. Host, what happened? Oh, hey, assistant reporter. You finally showed back up again, exactly when I told you to. Great job. Host, you just murdered an entire hospital full of people. Again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. Looks like I broke some of my codependent tendencies and finally stuck up for myself. <laughs> Host, what's going on with you? You know, assistant reporter, I thought I could just leave it all behind. I, I thought being rich would solve all of my problems, and it did. But something's been missing. And then, I heard these little voices. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Host, who are you talking to? <laughs> what? The voices. The, uh, the... Host, what voices? Oh my god, what? Wait. Don't, Don't worry, host. We've got your back. What are you talking about? You can't tell them, host. No one will understand. They'll want to get rid of us, because they're jealous of you. Yeah. You're so cool, host. Wait, you guys are all inside me? Host, we've always been inside you. We were just waiting for a really difficult time in your life to show up and help you out. So, uh, am I... No, no. You are not mentally ill. And anyone who says so deserves to have their blood drained into a gutter. Yeah, you're great, host. You're the number one host. Don't listen to all the haters. But then... Who are you? Don't worry about it, host. We're just, just your reality of grandeur. To let you know you're doing a great job. Yeah, the best job. You're gonna receive so many five-star written reviews. Host, who are you talking to? Don't worry about it, assistant reporter. We've, we've got a job to do. A job? Yeah, I think so. I think we've got a podcast to finish. Host, you're back. Yeah, I am. And off we went to find Jensen. What are we doing at the river? We're looking for someone named Jensen. 
Apparently, he was a good friend of Durgan. He's the one who stole all the wallets from the wallet store today. So, we're just here to get the wallets back? No, listen, assistant reporter. I know that over the past month, I completely abandoned you. I, I abandoned this story. I forgot what it meant to be the host of a number one podcast. I forgot what it meant to be me. But I know who I am now. Being rich can't define me. Yeah, I I'm in the 1% of the 1%, and I need to keep on with Durgan's legacy. But before I can do that in a meaningful way, and leave you behind again because you're too poor to hang out with and so dumb because of your poorness, we have to solve his murder. And I have a feeling Jensen didn't just steal all those wallets for money. I mean, a good friend of Durgan's who wasn't even at the funeral? Whose grief I wasn't able to profit off of? And then... That good friend goes on to steal all of the wallets Durgan had stolen prior to his death? That were now my wallets? Cutting even more into my profits? There's something off about it. It's like, every time we find out something new about this town and the people who live here, it leads us deeper down a hole. A hole that says, I'm deeper than I seem. And I have a feeling there's a reason we haven't interviewed Jensen yet. A reason that's gonna change this podcast and make that deep hole gape wide open. You're the host, host. I, I follow you. Cause you're like, so awesome and so cool. I if you think we need to get to the bottom of something, I'm diving in head first, no matter how shallow the pool is. Well, all right then. Come on, I think I see someone down by the bridge. Hey, uh, are, are you Jensen? Well, that depends. Who might be asking? I'm, a well, I'm host, host of the number one podcast investigating the murder of Durgan McFlurgstang. Oh, yeah. I heard about you. Yeah, I bet you have. You just stole the entire inventory from one of my retail stores. Oh, yeah. That there do be true. Listen, I'm not here for the wallets. I'm not Australian, so I have no idea how that business will stay alive. So the wallets, they don't matter to me. But what does matter to me is the money you'll have to pay me back for taking them. And why you took those wallets. Listen, I, I just, I just miss Dirk. He done been did one of my best buddies, you know, until he done gotten himself in too deep and got himself murdered. Why weren't you at the funeral? I wanted to go. I, I really did. I, I know that over two billion letters and packages have been sent using Stamps.com and that it's easy to set up and use. Whether your business is big or small, Stamps.com has what you need to get the job done. Uh, but when the day came, I just... <laughs> I couldn't find it in me to make my way down to hear about all those amazing opportunities. And so I spent the day morning in my own way, on my purple mattress that is adapted to my pressure points, stays perfectly cool, and prevents motion transfer. I can't believe I found the perfect mattress at purple.com. Yeah, uh, of course. L listen, though, have you heard of better help? Wait, uh, hold on a minute. Jensen, what do you mean by Durgan got himself in too deep? Assistant reporter, you're an assistant for a reason, not a host. A anyway, so yeah, better help. Did you know that- Wait, Hose, I, I think assistant reporter might be onto something here. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, wait, what did you mean when you said Durgan got himself in too deep? Boy, oh boy, do I have a personal heart-wrenching story to tell y'all that's perfect for an exploitative murder podcast to take advantage of. Hold on, I, I gotta take this. Host, you gotta get 
down the Hooters Juniors. There's a police raid going on. Oh my god. A assistant reporter, can you take over the interview? Uh, something bad is happening down at Hooters Juniors. Yeah, I've got this. Host, you can't let them take Hooters Juniors from you. That's Durkin's legacy. And now, your private property. I know, Jensen. I won't let them take it from us. I, I mean, me. Good. Come on, assistant reporter. We can ice this talk over with a few cold ones. You know, paint thinners. Over at my place on 520 IS Stayway. <laughs> Join us when you got everything situated, host. I will. And good luck. What the hell is going on here, Sheriff? Oh, host. How nice of you to finally show up. You can't close my restaurant. This is a legal business. Host. You got 14 child workers chained up inside that steel box that is the kitchen. Not to mention, multiple dog carcasses in the alley behind the restaurant. That ain't illegal for no non-criminals. Sheriff, I'm rich. Do I not have supreme authority over every living thing? Oh, that would have been the case yesterday, host. But we got word that in the last eight minutes, you de-isolated yourself from poor person society and dealt with some pores in a non-authoritative setting. That ain't something plutocrats do. Nothing off the table now. Oh, really? You think just because I went back to finishing my podcast that, that my dollars don't have complete overarching authority over society and its people? Host, uh, you really do have a lot to learn about being rich. You can't just do whatever you want if you interact with the pores. The smell lingers. And now, you're stained. Stained poor. Oh, I'm stained, all right. I'll be the stain that puts you all into the ground. Just like that hospital. I, I mean... Host, you better watch your words carefully now. You ain't got no backing from the New World Order since they heard about your little mishap at the river. What are you talking about? Talking to Jensen as if you're equals? You gotta choose right now, host. You're either in the 1% of the 1% or the host of a number one podcast. The host who's about to get himself in a lot of trouble. Choose your next choice very carefully. Ain't got nothing to say? Yeah, that's what I thought, master. My name is Host. Host of the number one podcast. Take him down! Oh, host, what would you get yourself into? Lawyer McLawface, thanks for coming down. Host, as your lawyer, I gotta tell you, this ain't looking good on you. Not looking good on no one, not at all. I, I know, Mr. McLawface, I, I know. But what can I do? I, I need to solve Durgan's murder. Well, we can fight this, host, but you just lost the support of every oligarch and plutocrat out there. Except for Soros, of course, but his influence only goes so far. There's gotta be a way out of this. At least I didn't get assistant reporter mixed up in all of this. I wonder how that's all going right now. So here done be my place. You got a beautiful home, Jensen. Thanks. I, I do try. But all the credit goes to my new wife. She helped me get most everything I do done. <laughs> Very quickly, I might add. Oh, interesting. I is she here now? Yeah, come on out. I I'll introduce you. Honey? H honey? I have someone I'd like you to meet. 
Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. I'm Assistant Reporter, the assistant reporter working for Host, host of the number one podcast. The podcast that's solving the murder of Durgan McFlurgsang, titled Hooters Jr.'s The Durgan McFlurgsang Story, available wherever you listen to podcasts, five-star written review. Oh, are you now? I'm sorry, what was your name? <laughs> well, my name's McAdderall Methylone Nitrate. Wait. Oh my god. <laughs> Jensen, get the chains. For some reason, Lawyer McLawface, I have a feeling that things aren't what they seem, and that things are changing here. Oh sure, I do get that feeling all the time. <laughs> you know, on my way in here, I actually saw a commune just outside of Viscous. First time I ever done sink that. Uh, a, a commune? You mean like Skid Row? Nah, a, a commune. Actually, now that I do recall, I have a feeling it might have been occupied by Australians. You know, I only know Australia from Derg talk back in the day, but now that you're talking about feelings and things not being what they seem, it, it got me thinking back to when I was heading in, and that all, that all seems strange. And very convenient as a plot device. Wait, McLawface, what the hell would Australians be doing in Turgid County? You know, I have not a single clue. I figured it might be something to do with you, though. You know, main character plot arcs and all. You being you and all. Oh my god. What, host? I know how we can get out of this. I know exactly what we need to do. Yeah? Lawyer McLawface, go get your car started. Wait for me out front. Host, are you thinking about breaking out? Because as your lawyer, I gotta tell you, not a great idea unless you got a bulletproof way of getting out of here. Well, lucky for me and my Second Amendment absolutism, these small-town illiterate cops forgot to take my gun away before locking me up. And so the only thing bulletproof in here are my bullets and my will to be the host of a number one podcast. Hot damn! House is back. I'll go get the car. Good. Guard? Yes, guard. What is it, host? Hey, uh, there's something on your shirt. <laughs> host, very funny. Not like I've heard that one before. No, uh, really, guard. There's something on your shirt. What? No, there's nothing on my... <laughs> you see it now, Mr. Guardy McGuardson? Oh, my God. Oh, bullets. My, my only weakness. Also, pretty good one, host. <laughs> I love you. going, host? To find some Australians. I think this is it. Yeah. The commune. McLawface, this isn't a commune. We gazed into a valley to see a single building, surrounded by a large, mostly empty parking lot. The neon sign read, Outback Steakhouse. Kangaroos patrolled the parking lot while dingoes lined the rooftops keeping watch. This was a foreign military operation. House, just what do you plan on doing? McLawface, isn't it obvious? In order to save Hooters Juniors, in order to continue being the host of a number one podcast, I have to become a true criminal. I have to become an Australian. 
But how are you going to do that, having grown up in upstate New York and all? <laughs> McLawyer, lawyer, T. McLittle, law book, law face. I'll never be an Australian. My DNA won't be changed by living in Australia or living by their laws and perception of how society should be run. I can never understand how they truly interpret crime or their need to commit crimes. I'll never know what fair dinkum means in or out of context. I'll never understand why the Sydney Opera House has all those weird shapes going on. I'll never be comfortable with spiders bigger than the Empire State Building occupying my city, or crocodiles and their dundeeing, or not be fearful of drop bears, or understand how to eat Vegemite, and I'll never get attacked by magpies, or play didgeridoo, or rugby, or find myself in and out in the bush. I'll never be, or do any of those things. But what I can do, what I do have control over, is my want for crime, and ability to convince people that I am Australian by replacing all of the blood inside of my body with the blood of one of those Australians hanging out in that base down there. Host, that's brilliant. <laughs> wow, thanks. We waited until nightfall. Bum bum. As we made our way down into the valley, I thought back to the previous night where I'd slept on my $500,000 dolphin skin loveseat. Inflation, <laughs> am I right? I pondered what would have become of me if I hadn't have had a mental awakening in which I realized how amazing I am. But I didn't have time for that. We had a job to do here. But as we made our way past the ruse and dingoes into the restaurant, it became obvious that this Outback Steakhouse was no regular foreign military operation, like the totally justified ones that America has overseas. There was something deeper at play here. McLawface and I stayed hidden, by locking necks and extending our arms and legs outward. To anybody walking by, we would have just looked like a regular old giant huntsman spider. Something that Australians see every day, and for them, is nothing to worry about. Host, look, there's a lone one over there. Probably wasted on Vegemite, am I right? Yeah, looks like he's on break. Perfect. Let's get to work. We silently shot the Outback employee in the face, incapacitating him. And then Lawyer McLawface set up the blood transfusion kit, and I was on my way to becoming a pure-blooded criminal. How are we doing? Three, two, one. All right, we're all set. Good. Let's test my blood to make sure. All right. Uh, everything seems good. Uh, yeah, perfect. You, you are now officially O-negative. Wait, but does it say that I'm Australian? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, apparently blood tests don't test for nationality. Damn it! We're right back where we started. Host, wait a minute. Think about what you did today. You murdered an entire hospital of patients and staff members. Well, yeah, I, I was defending myself. Then, you got arrested and broke out of jail, murdering the entire police force. Again, I had to do that. Not only was it justified, but completely necessary. I, I was defending myself. And then... You broke into a foreign restaurant military operation, murdered a man, an Australian man nonetheless, and replaced all of your blood with him blood. McLawface, I'm not sure what you're getting at here. What if the thing that makes you criminal isn't your nationality, but the principles that you live by and the crimes you commit? Wait a minute. You're saying that maybe it wasn't the Australian that made Durgan a criminal, but the crimes he committed? And the way he justified them? That 
made him a criminal? Sort of. Uh, what if the criminal in you is a journey? A, a journey of the crimes you committed to get where you are today. And the commitment you have to those crimes. And, and that we all have the potential to live the way Durgan Dunn did. And if we just believe in our own criminality, that others will begin to recognize that criminality. You're saying maybe there's a criminal inside all of us? Just waiting to break free? And that we all have the potential to be the masters of our own fate through the crimes we commit? That no one is locked into any specific lifestyle or state of mind about crime? That everything is fluid? That we can all be criminals if we try hard enough? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lawyer McLawface, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Oh, um... Thank God you're a lawyer and not some teacher or educator of any kind because, Jesus Christ, where the hell did you get that kind of idea? Of course it's the Australian that makes someone criminal. You can't just cook that up from scratch. I guess I have a lot to learn. I mean, at this point, don't even bother. Just know that you're a lost cause and that I won't come to your funeral. Uh, unless there's a massive profit incentive. Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, what am I gonna do, Lawyer McLawface? The cops are still gonna come after me and use their authority to... Wait. Use their... authority... Oh my god. What? Why couldn't I see it before? I, I know what I have to do, McLawface. If I can't be an Australian, you know, a, a criminal by blood, I'm gonna have to become the next best thing. Why? I'm gonna have to become a cop. What? Hooters Juniors, the Durgan McClurg Sang Story, is a sad picture production. If you would like to support us or gain access to exclusive content, Visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash hootersjuniors. That's patreon.com slash hootersjrs. To get in contact, send an email to fuckyousumi at hootersjuniors.com. Hooters Juniors is created, written, and edited by hosts. Co-written by Cameron's Tax Guy. Produced by Cameron's Tax Guy and Trent C. Rollins. Executive producer Trapper D. McBlackfoot. Voiced by host and a bunch of unnamed expendable wages. Fuck them. To learn more, visit HootersJuniors.com. Real truth is a crime.